I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 104th Church Mag Podcast. If Eric Dye has the most blog articles and someone else beats me, well, then I'm just not doing my job. You really have to love what you're writing about, because if you don't, you're going to get so sick and tired of it. You you draw a lot from what you read. You also can draw a lot, I have found personally, what you do. Just go ahead and right now realize you're signing up for years and years of frustration. This week's podcast is brought to you by ChurchStreaming.tv. ChurchStreaming.tv provides an affordable and reliable church streaming platform specifically designed to meet the needs of your church. With a solid feature set and great customer support, sign up for your free trial at ChurchStreaming.tv. That's a free trial at ChurchStreaming.tv. This week we talk about writing inspiration with writer, author, blogger, and Church Mag senior staff writer, Rachel Blom. If you want to join the conversation, make a comment or ask a question, drop us your thoughts via Twitter using the hashtag CMAGCast or email us an audio file to podcast at churchmag. Now let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag podcast. This week we have on with us senior Church Mag staff writer Rachel Blom. Um, Rachel has been writing for Church Mag for a very long time now. She has her own her own blog as well, uh, Youth Leaders Academy, where she um, writes a lot about youth and youth leadership and stuff like that. She's guest posted uh, on lots of other blogs and websites as well. She's a published author. She cranks out a lot of con, a lot of content. So when we had the idea of talking about, you know, how you get inspiration for writing new blog posts and stuff like that, we thought no better person to have on the podcast than Rachel. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Rachel, you've got a slight accent there. Are you from out of town? <laughs> uh, just a little. <laughs> I'm from the Netherlands originally, and uh, I've tried really hard to get rid of the accent, but um, it stays, and people say that it's cute, so let's uh, keep it at that. Oh, no, definitely keep it. Americans have a real problem with accents, and we either, one, will try to imitate it and sound fancy, too, or we will instinctively um, base uh, follow whatever you say because you sound authoritative and Europey. Yeah, people say I sound really smart, so I like that. So I've decided to keep the accent and stop yeah. trying to get rid of it. I've got a friend at church who's from the, the Czech Republic, and uh, whenever she talks, everyone's like, everyone's listening, and they, it's one of the two things: like, oh, it's adorable, or it's man, she sounds really smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, both are good, right? Yes, definitely. Now the question is, Phil, are you going to try to do an imitation? Nope, 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 nope. She's on the line with us, guys. I'm not trying this time. Okay, <laughs> maybe next week. Hey, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So uh, yeah, you know, perhaps. yeah, not the way Phil does it, though. But uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll wait to an, another episode when I'm not yes. on, and you can give it a go. In fact, if people are listening and you want to he- hear Phil do your accent, and this can even be like v- different regions in the United States, Phil can do them. So just use the hashtag CMagCast. Tell us where you're from. Give your name, and then Phil will do a greeting to you in what he would. He would, uh, you know, educationally guess your accent would be right, Phil. I think, I think we need to clarify. Phil will do the accent as to Phil will try to do the accent in a hilarious and and and, and not at all racist or any way offensive manner. Right. 
Just, right. It's all just fun. It's all, all fun and games. All fun and tell games. The body of Christ. Even if it comes off as racist and yeah, it's just, silly and mockery. We're, we're just, the body of Christ is a rainbow. It's a cornucopia of diversity, and I'm just having some fun. Cornucopia. Okay, so how, how's your British uh, uh, there? The British is really terrible because, I mean, for a lot of reasons, because it blends, Australia emerges really easily and really quickly. But I've been working on my my Russian. I did that a lot in class. Um, I teach world world history. And so now we're doing World War One. You know, I I bust out some Russian pretty quickly. My German is terrible. I cannot, which is great because I'm I'm ethnically German and I can't figure that out. And then I am, uh, I'm working on my Canadian, which is great because all you do is just act passive aggressive and it's pretty easy. Take off, eh? And you say A at the end, right? Yeah, well, yeah. They, they, um, well, you know, you, you just do uh, whatever you got to do there. Okay, and, um, like, you know, uh, we're, okay, all right, Phil, hey, hey, take hey, off, eh? Okay, so Hoser, listen, hey, okay, hold oh, Hoser, listen, hey. okay, take off, eh? Uh, okay, we're going to go get some moose heads, eh? And we're going to, like, talk about uh, a tweet that we had, because last week you weren't on the podcast, eh? Like, where were you? <laughs> uh, do you really want to know where I was, or do you want to just keep doing this? I, I'm not going to keep doing this. <laughs> I was, I was at the. I had a class for my uh, ministerial certification. It was my last class, so um, filling out paperwork, and I'm going to be a real lives minister. Okay, well, because wow. you know, as you know, last week um, Sean was on. He tweeted at us. He said, first time on the Church Mag podcast, but not the last in my master. If my master plan continues to play out like this, so there's that. Keep dreaming, Sean. I, I, I'm going to think that maybe he's on the podcast right now in VR. <laughs> hey, that could that sound more I, creepy? Move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, hey, brother is watching. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, a lot of people they they get really excited. They're going to do a blog. They they do all the fancy fans. Um, they you know they start off really strong. They've got this great idea and about ten blog posts. Sometimes longer. It depends on, on, on the situation. They begin to run out of steam really quick, let alone after doing a blog after a year. Even if you're doing three posts a day, or I'm sorry, not three posts a day. Even if you're only doing three posts a week, in a year's time, you can quickly run out of the, the gusto that you originally had when you first started. Definitely. I think that whenever you start a blog, obviously we've talked about this in the past, uh, don't start a blog just for the sake of starting a blog. Um, there has to be more that's driving you there. Um, if it's just simply for getting articles onto a website so people hear your thoughts in general, it's probably going to get very old because it's just you talking to the world. And then if nobody comments, then what in the world am I doing? So if it comes from a natural spring of, I want to do this kind of like what Rochelle does with her blog and what I was originally doing and what church mag was created for, it it just has to have this emphasis. Okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. I am totally interrupting and ruining your train of thought. Is it, is it not Rachel? <laughs> um, <clears throat> that depends on whether or not you want to give my actual pronunciation a try. Is so my actual, isn't it? I, I want to give the actual pronunciation, and the reason why is because um, my youngest daughter has a name that it sounds way better if you pronounce it like it was meant to be pronounced and not a total Americanized way. So please, it's, it's Rachel, right? Rachel. Yeah, so I it, can't has the roll, it has yeah. the rolling R at the start, and then the hard, <laughs> which the Dutch is yeah. known for. So, right. uh, I've I've become really used to pronouncing Rachel, though. What if we're not that brave? 
then what do we call you? <laughs> just Rachel. See, Jeremy? We discussed this last time you were on, I think. I'm pretty sure. It doesn't matter. We'll do it. We'll talk about this again because this is good stuff here, Phil. I can't, roll, I still, I can't roll my R's. I taught Spanish for seven, you know, eight years. And I still can't roll my R's. It's, that's, that's, that's. Uh, Public schools, man. There you go. Uh, Eric, you, well, even gave, you even gave that same example, Eric, whenever you talked about your daughter. Really? I think so, too. Yeah, sounds yeah. awfully familiar. Man, and I remember Phil saying here. he can't roll his R's, so Some, there's that. Somebody's yeah. 40. I'm just saying. Sorry. <laughs> We're not going to talk H when there's a woman involved, right? Okay. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, it's true. Hey, Rachel, have you ever yeah. heard that John Oliver joke about Dutch? <laughs> <laughs> have I heard it what? John Oliver. You know who John Oliver is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love John he's, he's, Oliver. No. He's, got, he's got a go-to joke he uses for economics. He's okay. like, economics, like the Dutch language, is supposed to make sense, but I can't confirm that. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, his, that's his little bit. I don't quite get the joke because I've never heard anyone speak Dutch before. So, Well, Dutch is, it's a really hard language to learn if you don't grow up there, and it's a really hard language to pronounce. We have some zo- sounds that are very unique to the Dutch language, and they're really hard for uh, non-native speakers to um, to master. So, and But Dutch really doesn't sound nice. I mean, it sounds like people are choking, really, when they're speaking. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I love my country. Don't get me wrong, but the language is not. It's not a. It's not a romantic, beautiful language. It's not a language of poetry and I don't know Shakespeare and stuff like that. Yeah, but like well, let's be clear though. Shakespeare had to invent his language because he made up so many words because English oh, yeah. had so so lack had such a lack of good words. Uh, yeah, well, English and has so, a lack so, of many things, but right. Yeah. And so, like Donald Trump, you know, Shakespeare has the best words, and he had to like the, you're seriously comparing Shakespeare to Donald Trump. You just went well, there. Yeah, because well, do you hear that clip from Trump? You know, I I have I I know a lot of words. I have the best words, and like it's just I have the biggest random, words. Well, yes, because they're they're forty feet tall and they're steel reinforced. Yeah, I, I I I can't believe that I interrupted Jeremy's stream of thought for all of that. I just <laughs> the brilliance of it is just staggering, right? SMH, I tell you, I just. <laughs> So, Rachel, you've clearly... Do you you say LOL or do you say LOL? Well, it depends on if I'm trying to be, um, like, the funny dad. Okay, gotcha. It depends on whether or not I want to see my kids roll their eyes at me, really, is when it comes down to it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's the honest truth. Okay, so Rachel is published. She's all kinds of awesome when it comes to writing, which is her second language, which means when it comes to, like, grammar and junk like that, she knows her stuff because she has studied it to, like, the nth degree. It's impressive. I'm just saying, Rachel. Thank you. So you've written a lot. You've written a lot. So tell us how you draw inspiration as you write, you know, church tech stuff for church mag, um, all kinds of stuff for youth ministry culture, all the things and all the things, where and how do you draw inspiration to be that prolific? Well, I think as, as Jeremy said, is um, if you want to blog, you have to start from a place of passion and of something that you know really well. I don't think you can start a blog about anything that you don't have experience in or um, – I don't know, working knowledge of. Um, for me, that was youth ministry because I've been involved in youth ministry for so long. And on Church Mag, I blog about uh, preaching and communication. That's really my my um, my main area, I guess, with some social media thrown in. I try to avoid too much social media as to not offend Jeremy because that's really his thing. And, you know, guys, and you have to be so careful not to offend anyone. So, so you know. darn sensitive, aren't they? Especially yeah, Because, you know, we're Christians, so we're known to be offended really soon. So you got to be careful there. But, um, no, <laughs> so I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> now, I think for me, it's it's um, it's real easy to keep writing about stuff that I've experienced. Um, I'm, I'm still involved in youth ministry, so that's easy. I just write about stuff that happens, uh, issues that I run into. Um, I'm involved in a group right now where we have uh, where we see a lot of bullying happening in inside the school, outside the school. So that's something that I'm going to write about because I'm trying to figure out how to help our teens deal with that. Um, so I'm pretty sure other youth workers have that same issue. And for Church Mag, man, I just read a ton. I have a ton of, of cheap subscriptions to all kinds of magazines. And I'm known to rip out like half the magazine with articles where I go like, oh, that's interesting to write or blog about. So I don't think you can blog a lot if you don't also feed yourself a lot with other blogs. And, and for me, mainly books and magazines. I mean, I read books. I read, I read too many books. I'll admit it. I'm an and, addict. And it, and it depends on what you're writing about because, like like you said, you, know, you draw a lot from what you read. You also can draw a lot, I have found personally, what you do. I don't know how many times I'm doing something with the computer or a new app, and I'm just like, I need to write about this. Why don't I write about this? Because, you know, you're experiencing something that you want to share. I feel like, well, I feel like, I, <clears throat> I feel like half the time when we're on the back channel or talking to someone, they're, they're talking about how great this thing is, this app or this um, way of doing blogging or this way of using email. I'm just sitting here like, you've already written two thirds of a blog post. Why don't you blog about it? And so I come <laughs> off as this person that's always just right? like, well, why don't you blog about it? I mean, literally that's the thing that people say for me now because I say it so much, but it's just like, look at how inspired you are by this. And you're saying you're having a difficult time finding blog articles. And yet you just found like three, four paragraphs. And if you're writing a five paragraph blog post, you're almost done. Yeah. Now, Rachel, in your experience of of all your writing, um, I, I'm sure you've experienced the dynamic of you not only write from what you know, but then oftentimes when you're writing about something, you need to do more research or you need to learn more to be able to write it. And in the process of writing, you're actually learning opposed to just always writing what you've already learned. Yeah. I don't think you should stop at just writing what you what you know. Um, for me, there's always the extra layer of doing research, which, by the way, also leads to more inspiration for blog posts. Because if I Google something and I can't find it, that means that there's not a solid article about that. So maybe <laughs> I should write it. That's um, Exactly. I, I was uh, recently setting up um, some AWS buckets to be able to pull images um, for a website and I was having to do permissions and all this stuff. And I kept having to Google stuff and not find, I, I was finding like little bits and pieces and then connecting the dots. And I'm like, okay, I clearly should write about this because no one else has yeah. connected the dots. Well, for me, what, what I experience is, um, and you know, I'm proud to admit this on the church Mac podcast is that, um, where I, I am a staff writer for church Mac and I'm, I'm really proud and happy with that, but I do write mostly about communications and, and, and preaching and teaching that kind of stuff. So the tech part is really not my strong point. So it frustrates me when I need to do something on my blog or whatever, and I can't find a decent blog post for beginners, like people with zero technical skills. That just completely frustrates me. I'm like, you guys know your stuff. Why are you writing for somebody else who already knows their stuff? You need to write for people who don't know this. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And see, you know, that's- I think a lot of awesome blog posts are born in frustration. And you know what? That's an inspiration. See, even this conversation is inspiring us 
to write for Church Mag because we automatically discount the simple stuff like, oh, well, we don't need to write about that. People already know how to do that. Which translation, I don't need to write about that. I already know how to do it. When the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people out there that don't need it, don't know how to do it. And if you wrote about it, they would love it. And so going back to more basics, it's, it's, it's easy to forget about the basics, especially as you become more of an expert. No. Well, that's the, the, um, the thing I re- remember most from reading, um, a Chip and Dan Heath's book, uh, made to stick is the thing they call the curse of knowledge is that once you've gained a certain expertise, it's really hard for you to remember what it's like not to know. <laughs> and I think that is so true that once we've become experts in anything is that we tend to forget how hard it is when you don't know that we tend to, f- to skip the basics and just assume that people know that when really they don't. One of the things that's interesting about that book, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, Rachel, is just that in looking at that policy, the thing that I was thinking about is I feel like I write about the basics a lot because <clears throat> I've kind of had that mentality of, trying to write for people so they see things better and can do things better. But then I also get to the, to the point where I feel like that's all I'm writing about. And so I get frustrated about wanting to write about that again and again and again. And everybody writes about the basics in some capacity and they never go much deeper. Um, at least as far as we're talking about that. And then the fact of inspiration, how do you overcome the, the own desire of wanting to write something much more, thorough and important and try to hit those points and yet still obviously part of it's hitting a target audience and justifying why you're blogging in the first place well i think it's about targeting your blog posts um on my youth leaders academy blog which is for youth workers and youth leaders worldwide um i i do write about the basic stuff um right now i'm doing a series on um building a youth ministry from scratch, which is really meant for people who are starting something from the ground up. And and a lot of them will be beginners. Um, So that's a series that's especially geared towards people who are just starting out. But I also write posts for people who've been in youth ministry for 20 years. So, and and, and I think in the first few paragraphs of your post, uh, you need to make clear subtly who the post is for. And beginners should feel free to just skip the post and say, okay, this is not for me. And the veterans will read it and go like, yeah, this is what I needed to hear. Um, Encouragement posts, for instance, which is something I love to write, are are awesome for veterans because they can get demotivated at a certain time or feel stuck in the cycle. And that kind of post really helps them. So I think a healthy mix is is really the way to go. Now, question for you, Rachel. Do you do you find yourself do you find that you write better when you're under pressure or when you're kind of relaxed and you don't have to write a blog post today kind of thing? Um, I write best first thing in the morning. That's really something I've discovered is I love to start the day by cranking out a blog post because I'm fresh. Um, I have energy and for some reason, well, I'm an extreme morning person, so that helps. Um, I have a whole file of blog ideas so usually i don't need to search for something to blog about i just sit down and crank out the first post and sometimes um that just really helps in getting into the rhythm and i'll basically write the rest of the day just because i got the start right i don't do well with deadlines and i try to avoid them to be honest i'm i'm a bit of a ocd perfectionist uh, planner type a person so uh, i rarely blog against a really hard deadline i try to avoid that but I can do it if I have to. I don't think they're the best posts. But you know that and you understand that. And I think that's key. I, I think I think there, I think the common thing amongst at least the, the 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 four of us is that we all have that list, right, of stuff that we want to write about. 
number one. And number two, we all know when and how we write best. Yeah, for me, definitely. I, like I said, if I can write under pressure, but I know it's not my best work because I tend to get sloppy and not think things through. My, my, my arguments, my line of reasoning uh, tends to suffer. And I don't know. I, I, I think I'm one of those people who needs to feel inspired in some way, which I don't know, happens to me a lot at seven o'clock in the morning. So there's that. How about you? How about you guys, Jeremy? You, you seem to write your best posts are usually when you're really um, passionately upset or you want to passionately rock the boat or create some sort of disturbance. Yeah. And I think that you can't have that all the time. And so I think that there's, there's a couple of different ways for me. Part of it is just simply creating that structure for myself. Kind of like what you were talking about, Rachel, with the whole, just have that morning time for me. I make it a deadline process of, I just want to try to get as many blog articles out there as possible. Um, that are, they're still quality. I'm not going to submit anything that's less than quality, but if Eric die has the most blog articles and someone else beats me, well then I'm just not doing my job and I need to up my game. <laughs> well, there's that guy competitive thing again, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But, well. but, but part of it is I want to see, the blog be successful. And part of it is I just know that if I keep pushing myself, something amazing is going to come. And part of it's just simply sitting back and trying to find that inspiration that needs to be there. Um, and, and I think that the article I posted at the beginning of the year of five things I would like to see happen. That's my inspiration for the year. And so every time I find it's a lull and I'm not really blocking anything, I go back to that article. It talks about pornography, women in tech, um, trying to make church tech more than just uh, sit at the <clears throat> soundboard, make it a ministry. And so I can get re-inspired in that process, but sometimes it just takes a moment to look back at what I have and what haven't I said in this conversation. Yeah, but I love that process that you're doing because you have a vision for what you want to accomplish with your blogging. And um, as a vision is supposed to do, it keeps inspiring you. So I think that's awesome to just have those clear goals. This is what I want to reach. This is what I want to go for. And and rereading it just keeps inspiring. I love that. How, how much in, in your experience do you find just the the forcefulness of needing to be disciplined plays in all of this because oftentimes there's a lot of like warm fuzzy feelings around blogging and writing you know inspired and creativity and it's just like this thing that's just supposed to magically happen out of nowhere and it's not treated like you know say exercising because a lot if you want to exercise and you want to be strong you do it a lot of times you don't feel like it because usually you're not always going to feel like it at some point well, i think with blogging it's the same um I do think my best posts, both on Church Mac and, and other blogs, the posts that have resonated the best, not necessarily at the most views, but resonated the most, I think those were born out of inspiration. Maybe some kind of holy discontent as, as Jeremy uh, has, or maybe just, I don't know, a strong feeling for the topic. Um, but writing for a lot is also simply about just doing it. I don't always feel like blogging. And if I were to listen to that, I don't think I would write nearly as much as I do. Writing a book especially is is about discipline. I mean, you have a deadline. The publisher tells you that your, your manuscript needs to be ready by, I don't know, April 1st. So you're going to make sure that it's done. So you're going to sit behind your desk and you're going to write whether you feel like it or you have inspiration or not. Yeah. And in, on my blog list, there are topics where I don't need inspiration to write about. They're just stuff that needs to be said period so i don't need to feel lofty and inspired to to write about it exactly that that's what that's what for me 
infographics, creative posts, uh, funny videos, and um, app reviews. Those are the ones that it's just like, boom, 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 yeah. done. Boom, 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 done. Yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting that you talked about the passion and wanting to talk from that standpoint. I mean, it's your own blog. That's really easy to do. And so, Rachel, you probably have a ton of different things to write for your own blog. But when it's someone else's blog and you're trying to put in that mentality of thinking about your readers, like you have that deadline for the author or for the publisher, you need to get done. For me, whenever I set up that blogging strategy of I'm going to have this many blog articles every single week and it's not my blog anymore, it, it becomes a little bit difficult. And so, Phil, I wonder, from your standpoint, I know you have your own site, but whenever you blog for Church Mag, do you ever feel that pressure of, I need to get that blog done, I need to have that ready for myself so that I can push myself into inspiration if need be? Uh, yeah, that happens all the time, especially when I... Because what will happen is <laughs> it'll be like March 25th and Eric will say, hey, who's got April Fool's articles ready to go? Uh, or it'll be it'll be May 1st and someone's like, hey, we're doing something for Star Wars Day, which, by the way, we need to do something for Star Wars Day. And, you know, I'm like, oh, oh we do. And so I'll just sit down and just, you know, try and crank out 10,000 words in an hour and, you know, but I think that the idea of the, and I just read a book about this, look for the review on Church Mag to soon, uh, called, uh, Daily Rituals and looking at how artists over history have, uh, done their, their done their work. And the, yeah, the vast majority of them are like inspiration is for fools. You just get in there and yeah. do your job. Now, there are some though who are tortured artists who literally, if, if there's no inspiration, they're not doing their work. They, they, but they also don't just sit there. Most of them, no inspiration in it. Cool. I'm going to go for a walk and there's gone. And that usually fixes the problem for them. But a lot of, a, a lot of artists are like, nope, I go to my desk every day from nine to one o'clock and I just, and I, I'm pounding out some words. I might throw them all away, but I'm going to do my job. Yeah. I, I just read that book, by the way. I loved it. It's a great so book. I'm glad to hear you're doing a review on it because mm-hmm. I was planning to. So maybe I'll be oh, into it in terms of that competition and stuff, you know. Well, I'm already half done, so no. <laughs> you have no idea how fast I can write it. But I hey, no, go ahead and just, 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 I don't, just do it and make, make Eric pick the best one. See your dad loves uh-huh. Sure, sure. <laughs> or maybe we could do, maybe we'll, we'll talk offline. Maybe we could do comparison posts. I think the last time that happened, I like did, I did like a double review yeah. or something. <laughs> I, I couldn't bring myself to, to like throw one of them away. You, you can't force Eric <laughs> to choose between one of his, two of his kids. I mean, you can't do that. That's, that's well, not fair to Eric. Let's, let's, let's both turn them in and make Eric, you know, combine them somehow. And so <laughs> like every other paragraph, yeah, this makes no sense. Like extra work at all. <laughs> hey, Eric, is this a fun podcast or what? This is so much fun. <laughs> hey, what else can we have Eric do guys? <laughs> Edit this podcast. Uh, Rachel, we, you talked about, you talked about that drawing from blog articles like you just have such a wellspring of blog articles that you just don't even have to worry about finding them i feel like that's the holy grail for bloggers yes if we're talking about inspiration that's the thing that they want to do how in the world do we get to that point one mistake i see a lot of people make is that they try to cram too much information into one blog post and i'm reading the post and i'm going like man you should have done a series on this now i know i'm the queen of blog series i am because i i love series you are you are also because series make it easier to find topics to write about um i've done uh, on church mike I'm, I'm doing a series on productivity i'm doing a series on uh public speaking in the church and i could think of a hundred more topics in each of those series that i could write about because the the series in themselves are 
uh, triggering topics. So I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to go way too broad in one article instead of focusing on one key information. And I think that's my, my teaching and preaching background is that I'm so trained to communicate one one key message in a blog post, one key message in a talk or in a sermon is that I do the same in blogging. Is I focus on one key message. This is what I want you to know and remember. And the next piece of information I'll say for the next blog post. And that, I think that's the key part about it, because as you're talking about this, when I first started youth ministry, I didn't have that capacity. I didn't, I wasn't even close to that. And so it took eight years of youth ministry and then blogging at the same time for me to have that same ma- manner of, I just have too many blog articles. So which one am I going to do? And how do I make sure it's a great blog article as opposed to, as you put it, just too much content in one blog article itself. And so that, I think that's a discipline you almost have to do. I don't know about you because you kind of, you almost made it sound super easy and it's just not to do that. It's not, it's not. And I think it's, um, for me, it, it's all about the focus. And that's really something that I've learned um, in the last uh, couple of years is is the power of focus, and which is why I so loved your vision, Jeremy, because it, it does bring focus to your blogging. I mean, you can look at a list of, say, 100 ideas and pick the best one to blog about because of, of the vision that you have. Like, these are the topics that I really want to make a difference in. So if a topic is outside those five topics, it's easier to dismiss it. And I think for me, that's the same is, is just to have focus on what do I really want my readers to learn about? Who, you need to know them to be able to make that decision, though. You really need to know who are your readers, what, what are their needs, what do they want. So I try to communicate with um, my blog readers as much as I can. Uh, I ask them for what are you struggling with right now? What, what can I help you with? And that, that in itself is such an inspiration. The whole series on starting a youth ministry from scratch is based on a ton of readers emailing me with, I'm starting a new youth group. Um, can you help me out? Where do I start? What's the next step? So I think that is so important is to know who your readers are and, and what they need from you. It's, it's so true. Our best podcasts and our best blog posts um, typically come from uh, a, a question that's submitted almost every time. That being said, hashtag CMAGCast or send us an email podcast at church mag or, you know, however, however you can get a hold of us and, and, you know, um, we'll find somebody around here that can write about it. We'll have it on a podcast. You know, that, that invitation is always open, um, of course, but people don't just automatically assume that and do that. So I think it's important as you communicate with your audience, um, whether it be youth ministry or church tech or whatever it may, whatever your niche is, is to, is to constantly remind people of that because it's intimidating, you know, that there's a definite, there's a different gap that, that is naturally there between the, the reader and the writer. And if you can, as the writer, help bridge that gap, then it's easier for your audience to ask those questions to be able to create better content that not only fits what they need and help them, but lots of other people too. Definitely. And and I think one aspect that's really important is that for me, I have a lot of uh, blog readers who are not um, American or English is not their first language. So one of the things I try to be very open about is I don't care if you write me how bad your English is and how many spelling and grammar mistakes you make. I'll be able to read it um, as, you know, for a lot of people, their passive English reading it is a lot better than trying to write it correctly. So that's one uh, blockade that I try to to take away is people, I don't care if English is not your first language, just talk to me and we'll work it out. That also helps because I'm, you know, it's not my first language either. So 
think for me, the big thing in this process has been, I have a, I have a similar background in youth ministry as well. And so whenever I was doing youth ministry and I had that failure to connect, I mean, I'm socially inept sometimes. I'm just awkward as you probably have guessed on this podcast. And when you have that ability, you want to, to do your job well, and you want to be able to succeed in a place. And it's a mission that's more than just something you want to do, but you feel like it's a calling from God. And, and so how in the world do you continue on, even when you know you're not doing the best work that's possibly available? I had to start figuring out how to connect with teenagers and I had to start figuring out how to write sermons and how to engage with teenagers and all these different things. And so I found myself every single time I would go to the movies, how can I turn this into a sermon? How can I turn this into a connection point with teenagers? Every time I went to the mall, I was hyper aware of the fashion because that's not my thing. I don't know anything about fashion where I would take that point where I would just, how do I do this? to the degree that I can engage well. And I think blog articles and people that want to get into this, if you don't feel proficient at it, that might be your greatest strength because that will constantly be a reminder to you, do this a little better next time. And then when you read a blog article, you tear it down. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Why do I love this blog article? And you actually might do blogging better than some of the veterans who just cannot adapt with this process and are just kind of sitting comfortably in how they do blogging. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, for uh, at one time I was working um a special project with somebody for um creative creative home offices and I was doing um either two or three a day um for about 9 months. And so there was a lot of I, I created like like Rachel was saying I would cre- I created a couple series that I could contribute to like on a on a, a kind of a rhythm basis and it also kind of created um it kind of mixed it up for the blog, right? Um, so I had some series and some different and different stuff like that. I knew what my categories were, okay? So you got about eight categories. So I, I kind of knew wh- where my targets were, and I knew I wanted to hit 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 all my categories in a week's time fairly evenly, okay? So there was a structure. So then it was about plugging content in and filling in the structure that was there, right? And even to this day, when I see stuff online... <laughs> It's like you think, oh, that would work good for that. That that would be a good post for that blog. And so if you really find that, what you guys have both, what everyone's been saying with this stuff, is when you really find your groove and you're you're doing that, it is something that just becomes part of you and you, you can't even help it. I mean, here years later, I still see stuff and I'm like, oh, that would be... That'd be great for that blog. <laughs> Too bad I don't do that anymore. Yeah, but I think that that the bottom line is that you have to love what you're writing about. Right, yeah. Is because blogging is not easy. I mean, it may be easy the first couple of months, but after that, you have to be willing to invest in that topic that you're blogging about again and again and look at it from, I don't know, a hundred different angles and keep learning about it and um, so that means you really have to love what you're writing about because if you don't, you're going to get so sick and tired of it. Blogging or writing in general is like any task that you want to and at the same time don't want to do. Like the idea of, oh man, I have a great idea. I'm going to go write a blog post about this or I'm going I'm to write an ebook about this. And you have this great idea and you're dreaming about it and you're thinking about it. And then you sit down to actually write and you want to just, you know, throw your laptop against the wall. Because it's just one of those things where you know the ideas in your brain, but getting it out into the real world is the most frustrating and ridiculous process uh, imaginable. 
So I, so I don't know that I would encourage people to become bloggers. And earlier, Jeremy said, if you uh, just want to blog to put your ideas out there, don't do it. I, I think that's the only reason to blog. <laughs> if you just want to put your ideas out there and make your own little online manifesto, go for it. I think there's a, I think there's a big difference and we didn't really clarify this, but I think there's a difference between blogging. Like you have your own blog and guest writing and guest blogging. I think that th- there is a difference with that. Yeah. And, and there is, but like, if you just want, if you just want to like become your own personal journalist, you know, sure. go for the, go, go that route. But if you want to be like a writer, then just go ahead and right now realize you're signing up for years and years of frustration. And I think that that's the point I, I was meaning get your ideas out there in the sense of being popular and yeah, okay, gotcha. notable. Yeah. Well, that's the whole blogging dream that still exists is that people think they can start a blog and be instantly successful, which, you know, it may happen, but the odds are are slim. And for me, I don't blog because of that. I blog because I love writing. That's really for me at the bottom of it all is I love writing. And in my case, I love youth ministry. So that's a natural fit. I also have a personal blog, which is in Dutch to just, you know, keep our family uh, informed about our life here because we live in the U.S., our, all our family is in the Netherlands. Um, that blog has a completely different purpose, but I still love writing for it, even though I get like maybe, what, 40, 50 hits a day. That's it, because it's about our family. That's it. But I still love doing it because I love writing. <laughs> That's still more hits than my, my blog gets. It's about, you know, issues and ideas and thoughts. So be happy with your personal blog getting 50 hits a day. From my estimation. If you have something you want us to talk about, tell us. Be sure to use the hashtag CMAGCast on Twitter or email us at podcast at churchmag. And as always, ask us anything by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this. Until next week. You notice, Phil, how the the Google Hangout jokes don't bother (laughs) Jeremy anymore? Hey, good morning, guys. I think I'm here. Yes. Yes. Now, had we Finally. really had we been on our A game, we would have pretended we would have had it planned ahead of time. Where when you said you were on, we would have all been silent. Yes, thank you, because that would have made me feel so welcome. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been sexist at all, there, Eric. Oh, <laughs> you are in the industry. You know the games they play. We've had discussions about this, Eric. You can't do that kind of stuff. She's a senior staff writer. She knows how we do. Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, it'd be sexist if we traded her any different. So that's what's confusing. If you, uh, I'm not working. Well. We're not going to go down this rabbit hole. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. That's so on the editing room floor, I'm telling you.